0: Okay, well, I promised you a look at the Beyond Meat early capitalization chart, and uh, I'm embarrassed to say that the company that provided that has taken it down because Beyond Meat has been public for a long time, and they got bought out. So that little historical artifact, uh, I'll have to tell you a little bit of it from memory, but instead I'm going to use Impossible Foods because they're still a privately held company. They haven't Done their IPO yet, and it's very similar growth curve. So let's take a look here and see uh, what we can learn from the Impossible Foods private valuation chart. So here is their Series A, and you can see the valuation there was they raised nine and a half million at a $39 million valuation. Now The thing, the great thing about the Beyond Meat charts, it showed their very first round where they raised about $2 million at a $4 million valuation. And, you know, that was really cool to see. So here, these are already later rounds after some of the initial rounds of capital, even for Impossible Foods. There's going to be several rounds to this side of the chart here. But the main point is still the same. As the company makes progress and gets more traction, more of the venture capital style investors wanted to invest. And you can see the growth curve in valuation starts going up until finally, you know, we're in this area here and the valuation starts to jump. And why is that? Um, The reason the valuation starts to jump is that the bigger players, who again as we discussed at the beginning of this whole lesson they're looking for high returns and low risk and the the transition from the private market to the public market creates a gain almost by itself because it's kind of like this let's say you go to a, you know a a, a a store and you want to buy some kind of a product you want to buy a frying pan there you're paying retail and the store bought it at wholesale. So this is essentially wholesale investing and everyone getting in on this round is anticipating a big flip out to the public uh, where the liquidity, where the demand is so high and the public has been so excluded that they can get extremely high valuations. Now this isn't so great for you if you're a public investor because Let's just take a look at at Beyond Meat. So they are publicly traded, and this is their whole history of trading public. And you can see it's you know it's kind of flat. I mean, it goes. It started. It went up. It went down. It goes up. It goes down. And by and large, over the past three years, the gains here have been nothing like the gains from. The earlier rounds and if we look at the person who got into the first round if we look at whoever invested there so here we're seeing today their market cap is seven billion as of this moment so let's just uh, divide seven billion dollars by the original investment or the the original valuation so seven billion is the current valuation and we divide that by four million and we get 1750. So for every dollar that was invested in the first round, those people have gained $1750. That's a lot of gain. Whereas the typical investor now in, you know, in a retail stock, they're happy to make $5 for every 100 they're investing. It's it's the numbers are totally inverted. So this this leads us to a lot of important questions about well how do I make money investing in early stage companies well at one level when the general public can invest in early stage companies they can have a growth curve in a similar fashion but the thing is is that there are a lot of people in the in this new public investment space kinda saying oh now you have a chance to invest on the you know ground floor and it's like yeah that's cool but that doesn't mean that company's going to catch a wave of you know mega investors who are going to push the valuation up for some kind of IPO and in fact because now the value now the liquidity is will be more and more granular especially for the companies with with vegan launch that liquidity premium is is priced in in every round as opposed to it being one big fat gain for all the private investors. So this whole model, in a way, bit by bit, is going to be whittled away by the liquidity boom that I'm talking about, the liquidity tidal wave. Now, and we're going to get valuations that much more track real value as opposed to simply the valuation spread between wholesale and retail investing. So now now all the rounds can be retail investing. And so this has a lot of advantages for solving the large scale problems of the world. For example, a lot of the big problems of the world really require a lot of infrastructure, and venture capital firms hate infrastructure projects. they 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 want things that are quick, easy money, as little capital down for as much gain as possible. And you know we're working in the three d world. We're trying to redo agriculture we're trying to redo medicine. You know, These are not necessarily you know, quick buck opportunities. I'm not saying there won't be many of those along the way, but if we really want to solve the world's challenges, we need to be investing as a cohort. Again, 4 million vegan investors or 34 million environmentally minded investors. We need to be investing as a group to build what we want and make sure that those enterprises are profitable enough to rationalize our effort. And when we remember that most retail investors are happy just outpacing inflation, they're just trying to make sure that their, their life savings that they've earned on their job don't, don't just whittle away through the inflationary practices of the Federal Reserve and all the other central banks of the world. So now we have these really interesting new opportunities. Cryptocurrencies, the leading ones are anti-inflationary as a currency, That means that investors have to take less risk just to keep up with the cost of retiring. Their savings doesn't, you know, if all goes as planned, (laughs) if all goes as planned, let's make sure I put that in there. But you know, the idea of cryptocurrencies, the the, the legit ones are that you're not going to face the, the whittling away of your buying power like you do with fiat currency. And then as a result, now we can afford to invest more broadly in things that actually matter and 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 at gains that are right for whatever real growth they're experiencing as opposed to gains that are really only artificially concocted because of this 90-year, you know, black hole of liquidity that is rapidly now being filled with intermediate markets. So these are all key understandings for you as we move on in this Course, and bit by bit, you'll learn how to design a portfolio again for maximum gains as well as maximum impact. Right? We're impact investors here, we're not just you know trying to win at the casino. And as we've described in the earlier sessions of this lesson, we can use this new understanding quite well for our own gains. Uh, There are many kinds of gains to be had because even though there's a retail premium here. Still, the early investors in the strategy that I laid out in this lesson can also gain a certain kind of retail premium because it's really about the early adopters versus the late adopters just without this giant, you know, just without the restrictions of investing by the general public that have been the standard for the past, you know, since 1933. So I hope you enjoyed this little explanation and I look forward to seeing you in the next lesson.